we play like we play. We be us. We be special. We smell greatness. We finish strong. Yes, from the top. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Big Easy Bets. This is episode number four. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, a wide awake Nick Von Brick. We're going to need a bigger boat, honcho. On today's episode, we're recapping whatever the hell went down in the Florida game, and we're going to make our picks for uh, week one of college football. So, yeah, what the hell happened in the Florida game? Um, uh... <laughs> Felipe Franks happened in the Florida game. I'm going to make my opening statement for this uh, podcast is I hope Felipe Franks gets bird flu. And I hope he gets fucking AIDS. <laughs> I mean, what the hell was he doing, dude? I, okay, so bad pick on our part, but I don't even I wouldn't even call it a bad pick. Florida should have won that game by easily 10 points. You fumble inside the 10-yard line and then fumble. They had another fumble at midfield, right? Yeah, on the uh, on uh, Miami side of the field. That's that's ridiculous. That oh god, and they still well, win by 4. That's the worst part is they still won the game by 4 points. At that point, it's like I hope they lose. I I don't want yeah, you to. Yeah, I was win. hoping Miami at the end would just score that touchdown and beat them, but um Felipe yeah, Franks. Felipe Franks. That's a what you saw there was um overconfidence. He um, he threw a ten yard angle route to the running back for a touchdown, and then runs over to the sideline and gets in front of the camera, telling him, "I do this," and talking. Yeah, trash and then to the he fans. runs in a two or three yard run. He's act like he's up for the Heisman. All yeah, of a sudden. Felipe Franks is a goddamn moron. Felipe Franks is a fucking idiot. <laughs> we we are not happy at all with Felipe Franks and the Florida Gators. I mean, okay. Props to Miami for covering, but that should have been an easy win for the Gators. That game should not have been close. That I don't know. That's frustrating, but that's what happens with gambling. So I we'll don't like it. Florida. I don't like Miami. I don't like the way those teams behaved. I mean, Florida was acting. I mean, Miami was acting like they won a damn Super Bowl at halftime. Uh, <laughs> Felipe Franks is acting like he's the greatest thing since fucking Joe Namath. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Joe Namath wasn't that good. Just so we're on the record. Check his stats. He was an average quarterback at best. Probably below average. Um, Yeah, that was tough to watch. I thought that Miami muffs the punt. Me and Nick are high-fiving. We're at walk-ons watching the game. They muff the punt. We're high-fiving. We think we got it right where we want it. No, Felipe Franks is a moron. I don't care what anybody says. He won't be able to get it done in the big games. Props to Jaron Williams, who's making some pretty solid throws as a freshman. But yeah, yeah, that surprised me. I mean, he uh, was composed inside the pocket. He stepped up. He hung um, in there, took some shots. He was sacked nine times. I know. that It was so one-sided if you look at the stats. It really was. It was a one-sided game, and they only won by four points. Yeah, but um, besides being sacked nine times, he stepped up, and he delivered some crucial throws that – kept Miami in the game I wasn't expecting that but it happens and then the Hawaii and Arizona game so we were leaning towards Hawaii you could tell Nick was telling y'all why it was prime for an upset but we couldn't do it we stayed away from it we took the under like a bunch of goddamn morons um that game hit the over it was almost 
almost hit the over by halftime. I mean, what, they were at? Yeah, they had 49 points at halftime. I knew we were in trouble. Uh, I think they finished the game with about 85 or 84 points. I mean, that's what I said. They Hawaii just throws the ball all over the place. The damn quarterback had four touchdowns and four interceptions. I mean, just slinging it with his eyes closed. Like, it, bad pick there by us. We felt like it was early, jet lag. I mean, we should have listened to our own analysis and took Hawaii just to win the game in general. So, But with that being said, we're bouncing back this week. We're feeling good about our picks. We've got uh, got about five. I think I got five picks for you. Nick's got six. Um, so, yeah, we'll dive right into it. We're going to come back with some winners for y'all. So we're going to start it off with UCLA. We both like UCLA. I'm taking them on the money line. Nick's taking them with the points. They are plus three playing Cincinnati. So, yeah, the, it's in Cincinnati. Chip Kelly's the coach at UCLA. Guy knows how to coach college, not the NFL, with that terrible stint in Philly, but he knows how to coach college. They have a really strong running back in Josh Kelly, and they're loaded at receiver. UCLA needs this win. They've got a tough schedule ahead. In two weeks, they're playing Oklahoma, so probably a loss. If they want to do anything this year, these are the games that they're going to have to win. You you said Josh Kelly? Josh Kelly. Any relationship to Rob Kelly? Not a clue. Shout out Alec. <laughs> <laughs> Loves Rob Kelly in fantasy. Yeah, he thinks Lamar Jackson's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, so, yeah, you like UCLA there, right? Yeah, yeah, I like UCLA. Um, Chip Kelly's coming in in his second year. That offense, I expect it to be explosive. They um, had a pitiful team last year, only going 3-9. and nine. I think this second year you see a bounce-back season for UCLA. Um, Chip Kelly gets a job done. I like it. We both like it. I'm taking them on the money line. Nick's taking them with the points. So another game I like is Tulane, minus two. Tulane's playing at home. They're returning Justin McMillan, who, if you remember, he was the quarterback at LSU before Joe Burrow came in. Dual threat guy. He was looking to get the starting spot. Burrow came in, kind of took that away from him, so he went to Tulane. So McMillan started six games last year. He finished the season with um, 1,304 passing yards and 10 touchdowns. He ran for 166 yards and four touchdowns, and he posted a 5-1 and record as a starter. So they, they're lacking depth at wide receiver, but they did get a nice little transfer from the, uh, the hometown boy, Jalen McCleskey, went to St. Paul's. He uh, played at Oklahoma State for a good little while, and he, he contributed up there. He, uh, it's not like he just sat the bench. He was a solid player up there. So he's coming in. I think him and McMillan are going to have a good uh, connection. I think FIU is going to lose this game in the trenches, though. Tulane's defensive line is going to manhandle FIU's offensive line, in my opinion. I think that's where the game's going to be won. Tulane being at home is going to play a part. They're going to get them in those third and long situations. Defensive line is going to really pin their ears back and be able to get get after them. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking Tulane minus two here. I think it, I'm feeling pretty good about that one. You got a game for us, Nick? Um, the South Carolina, North Carolina game, I like South Carolina favored by seven and a half points. Returning quarterback, Jake Bentley, he's a senior. I like Will Muschamp. I like his ability to have a strong defense. I think this, um, the, the defense holds North Carolina to maybe one touchdown. I like South Carolina to win this game by at least 10 points. All right. Even with Mac Brown coaching Mac the, Brown, the Tar Heels, I mean, last year they were two and nine under Larry Fedora. He got fired. Fedora like the hat. Yeah, he got fired. 
They brought he in Matt. Is Mac bringing in a uh, Vince Young? Play quarterback. Mac Brown He's got um, a year of eligibility. Might have his cousin, right? but uh, <laughs> no, Mac Brown. He did win a national championship with Texas. Um, beat that stout USC team. I remember that. I was in shit. I was in sixth grade, I think. And I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I fell asleep. I didn't even watch the rest of that game. I fell asleep. I've fallen asleep through so many big time sporting events. I swear. It's 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 honestly it's a shame. I uh I get I get tired. Come nine o'clock, it's I get a little worn out. Um Yeah, the bottom line is I don't think they're gonna have the talent to keep up with South Carolina. Um Mac Brown hasn't been there to get the uh guys he needs through recruiting. I think Will Muschamp and that South Carolina defense gets the job done, forcing turnovers, making this game a blowout. I like it. I like it. Um, another one I like is Utah, minus five and a half. I'm putting this down as my lock of the week. I feel really, really good about Utah. This is a rivalry game to start the season. Utah's playing at home. The last time BYU beat Utah was in uh, 2009. Since then, Utah's won eight straight, including last year's 35-27 win. So with that being said, they won 35-27. They did not have their starting quarterback, Tyler Huntley, or their starting star running back, Zach Moss. So, I mean, they still were able to win the game by eight. Zach Moss is going to be one of the top running backs in the country this year. Utah, I think, is the sleeper to make some noise. Defensively, against the run, Utah ranked fifth in the nation and first in the Pac-12. And their D-line's only looking better. I mean, I think they're going to control it in the trenches, much like Tulane will against FIU. Um, For BYU to win this game I think they're gonna have to have a strong passing attack there's some questions in Utah secondary but nothing to sway me away from taking them I'm really really big on Utah this week taking Utah minus five and a half so you got another one for us um go ahead with the uh, Boise State game because both of us got Auburn okay so this is another one that I'm a little wishy-washy on but there's some reasons that I feel good about it. So I'll start with the reasons why I feel good about the game, and then I'll tell you why not so much. So Boise State versus Florida State, plus five and a half, Boise State's underdog. Boise State was second in the nation in third down conversions and 11th in the nation on third down stops. So that means they keep the drive going and they get off the field when they need to. They're returning seven defensive starters and 10 of their top 13 tacklers. So... That defense is going to be there. They're going to still get off the field on third down. Their D-line is going to be really solid. I feel like Florida State Florida State does this every year. They come in with a little bit of hype, but even this year they're not really that hyped. Like They underperform to start the year. And honestly, last year I think they finished what they finish? with four straight losses, at least three straight losses with a blowout, obviously playing Clemson. They play a tough schedule in the ACC. They, they play a tough schedule. Um yeah, Clemson stuff. A blowout loss to Clemson. They played Notre Dame. They got blown out. There was another team in there that uh, I think NC State handled them pretty good. So they're coming off a few uh, few big losses to end the season. Um, Boise State starting a freshman quarterback, which is what would sway me a little bit from this. But, I mean, with that defense, with those stats. Um, so with the freshman quarterback, it kind of – the stat of second in the nation on third down conversions might not be there as consistent, but 
I don't know. I've been reading about the guy a little bit. They feel pretty confident about him. I'm taking Boise State here plus five and a half. Go Blue Broncos. So who you got for us? Um. Yeah, and the in the Virginia Pittsburgh game, I like Pittsburgh underdogs by two and a half points. I like Pat Narduzzi at head coach. Um, they're gonna dominate this game by running the football. So you're taking Pitt there plus two and a half. Yep. Okay. So let's move on to the biggest game of the week, which would be Oregon and Auburn. This is a neutral site game. It's in Jerry's world in Dallas. I was there last year when the Saints played the Cowboys on uh, – it was either around Thanksgiving or Christmas. I think it was around Christmas. Oh, no. Sorry. Week before Thanksgiving. So a rough game to go to. Bad game. Um, not impressed with Cowboy Stadium. He crammed as many seats into there as he could. It's very crowded. Um, what about the screen? Does it get in the way? No. No, I really wasn't that blown away with the screen. I mean, it's big. Don't get me wrong. It's big. They, and they had a cool little outside. But it's pixelated. They had a – no, it looked pretty clear. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you could slap up – you could slap your PlayStation up there and play it, no problem. Um, They had a cool little outdoor area where they had a stage, and it's like these little garage-type doors that they open up, and um, it was cool. The, out, the outside atmosphere was cool. Inside, it was a little crammed. Wasn't impressed. No, No escalators. A lot of stairs. We were at the top. What about the elevators? I uh, didn't see any elevators. Out of order? I don't know. Probably. Didn't see them. I saw the stairs, though. A lot of stairs. Um. So, yeah. Neutral site game. Oregon struggles to win the big one. Oregon seems to always struggle to win the big out-of-conference games. The Pac-12's a little weak these days. But with that being said, the Ducks have Justin Herbert at quarterback. Nick likes to call him Justin Bear. I don't think up there they're calling him Bear. So he's a surefire first-round draft pick. They're saying he could potentially go before Tua in the draft. This guy's good. He's coming off of 3,151 yards passing, 29 touchdowns, and only eight interceptions. And the big thing for me, protecting Herbert is an offensive line returning five starters, four of which were all packed 12. I know Auburn's going to have a tough front seven, but I think they're not going to be able to throw anything at this offensive line that they haven't already seen. And then on Auburn's side of the ball, they're starting freshman quarterback Bo Nix, which, much like in the Florida game, it was hard. it's hard for me to go and bet on the freshman over the guy who's got the experience. And Justin Herbert is a far better passer than Felipe Franks. So I'm going to take Oregon there on the money line at plus 130. So who do you like in that one? Um... Yeah, it's hard to bet against Justin Abair. Herbert. Head coach Mario Cristobal is coming back for his second season with the Ducks. Um, yeah, looking at this game, at first glance, I would go with the uh, Ducks, but then there's small details that have been coming out. Gus Malzahn's back calling the plays. He's taking back a hold of the wheel of the ship. Do we give a shit about Gus Malzahn? Yeah, Gus Malzahn's... Um, I don't give a shit about Gus Malzahn. He's proven he's won a national championship calling plays. Um, he looks like the dad... Actually, from, he looks like the in dad that national championship, they beat the Oregon Ducks. It's a repeat? Just a uh, little fact. Have you seen... You've seen Pineapple Express? Nope. Gus Malzahn looks like the dad from Pineapple Express. What dad? <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, you won't know. 
Which dad, though? The, Who's dad? The blonde, the girlfriend's dad. Seth Rogen's girlfriend's oh, dad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, back to football. Bo Nix, freshman quarterback. They say he can run the football. I think what happens in this game is Auburn runs a football against a weak Oregon defense, keeping the ball out of Justin Abair's hand, and ends up winning the game by more than three points. What if Bo Nix breaks his leg on a uh, next guy on up. A boot? <laughs> I really, I just think um, they won't be able to stop them from running the football, See, and it's going to frustrate Justin A. Bear from not being able to have the ball in his hands. So, if Oregon wins this game, are you going to come back on the next episode and refer to him as Justin Herbert? No, his name's Justin A. Bear. You think they're saying A. Bear up there in Oregon? I think everyone else is saying A. Bear outside of Louisiana. Um, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going with Auburn here, right? Yep. Okay. I like Auburn. I mean, I think I think the defense is going to present problems. I think uh, they could force a couple of turnovers, and I like the fact that Gus Malzahn's back calling the plays, and I like the fact that Bo Nix um, is known for being able to run the football. When Auburn has success, they have a quarterback that can scramble and run the football. All right, guys, so this, on the plus side of this, this means one of us will be right. We can't both be wrong like we were with Florida and Felipe Frank's dumbass. Um, I'm going with Oregon on the money line, plus 130. Nick's taking Auburn, minus three. Neutral site game in Dallas. It's going to be the best game to watch this weekend. Everybody's going to be tuning in for this one. This is going to be a good one. So I want to talk about, uh, have you... uh, have you tried the Popeye's chicken sandwich? Nope. No? Nope. It does a quick nope. Are you Nope. Uh, you you really don't want to try it? Nope. Is there a reason? Popeye's doesn't make sandwiches. I know. I, I love Popeye's, don't get me wrong. But what blows my mind, I got this sandwich like over a month. I say ago. bring back that damn um chicken the, tender yes, wrap yes. with the red beans yep. in it. What the oh, hell dude, were they were thinking getting shit. rid of that? Those were my shit. Those were the best thing they had on the menu. Um I got this chicken sandwich over a month ago when it first came out. It was average at best. Now, because a couple people are tweeting about it and it goes viral on Twitter, everybody wants to go get the chicken sandwich. Yeah, did Kanye West tweet about it? <laughs> I don't I don't understand. We are so easily influenced. Like, Popeye's stock is going through the roof, first off. Second off, I'm putting my name in the hat on Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is so much better. This chicken sandwich, you pick it up, your hands are dripping in grease. It's like they fry the entire thing, bun and all. It's Chick-fil-A, it feels like God made this sandwich for me specifically. Chick-fil-A is the best fast food chain ever, ever made. I don't care what anybody says. They came out and openly said that they don't support gay marriage, which means they don't like gay people. And the gays still eat the chicken sandwiches. They protest outside of Chick-fil-A, and then they go in and take a lunch break inside of Chick-fil-A. It's that damn good. Well, if you think God made the chicken sandwich, then who made the gay people? Uh, no, no, I have nothing against gays. Oh, okay. I have nothing against gay people. I'm just saying it feels like God came down and worked the fryer and worked the, worked the, the grill to specifically make that chicken sandwich for me. It tastes that good. Understood. I feel like I eat those sandwiches. I go run a marathon. I eat the Popeye's chicken sandwich, and I wanted to throw up everywhere. See what um, I think 
I like Popeyes better than Chick Fil A, but I, I love I love eating some of that spicy chicken with the bones. You know, I'm a dark meat kind of guy. Oh shit. Um, but many people aren't mentioning <laughs> that Burger King chicken sandwich, so I'm gonna throw that out there. Y'all ought to go try that that spicy chicken sandwich, the one that McGregor promoted before he um the flame th- the flaming before- Whopper. No, the uh they got a new Whopper that's not even meat, dude. Does anybody eat Burger King? Hell yeah. Ever? McGregor did a commercial. People started flocking to um, Burger King for that spicy chicken sandwich. Can we get McGregor to stop left-hooking elderly guys yeah, in the bar? Yeah, that's a problem with his endorsements because um, when he threw that dolly through that bus, Burger King said, Burger not running so that commercial anymore. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, I, I love Conor McGregor. I want to see him fight again so bad, but he can't stop punching people that are 40 years older than him in an Irish pub. Now he's getting reprimanded by the legislature in Ireland. Like, it's not looking good for McGregor. I heard they're trying to they're trying to drop the Irish hammer on him. Nah, he'll be back. He'll get away with it again. I mean, he's Conor McGregor. I mean, yeah, pride of Ireland. Yep. Big best thing uh, out of Ireland since what? <laughs> since ever? <laughs> since the potato? Well, they had a. F- uh, what do you call it when all the potatoes go bad? A yeah, famine, famine or something. <laughs> uh, Ireland, you need to embrace McGregor. What, who doesn't matter who he's hitting. He punched one old guy in the head. Get over it. Right. I mean, the guy should have drank the whiskey. Yeah. Don't be disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, at least take it and fucking pour it out when he's not looking. Yeah, spit it out when he turns his back. Yeah. Um. So in Saints news... Sheldon Rankin got taken off the uh, pup list, which is good for us. That means he is back on schedule. means he'll be back, I'm saying, probably around week six. That's good. That's good for the Saints defense. He's right where we need need him to be. And on another note, Demario Davis looks incredible. He looks better than last year. He's flying all over the field. He was the biggest acquisition we made at the start of last year. We picked him up from the Jets. That was a huge pickup. I'm excited about the Saints defense. I think we're going to be really solid again this year, better than last year. So, all right. If Anzalone can't go, they should try uh, Taysom Hill at linebacker. And shit, he could play. He could play kicker. He could play long snapper. He could play anywhere. He could coach. Yeah, they should let um, Taysom Hill punt a ball. Morstead. Nah, Morstead's the best player in the NFL. Tell best him, player. Best player. Tell him every Jesus year most consistent. Christ. Every time we go to the training camp, I stand up, I say, I yell out to him, Morstead, you're the best player in the NFL. Gets a standing ovation every time. He turns, gives a little wave, a little presidential wave. Best player in the league. I think Morstead. Um, Surefire Hall of Famer. I could see Morstead opening up a pizza joint. I'd go to it without a doubt. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. So um, <laughs> we weren't done with our picks. So yeah, we got two more. Nick's got two more picks for y'all. So it's the return of the Mad Hatter, Les Miles. He's out of the Dr Pepper game. He's <laughs> back in college football. He's coaching Kansas now. If you haven't heard, go Jayhawks. Um, this week they're playing a team by the name of Kansas has a football team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they were just basketball. Kansas. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Kansas, yeah, Kansas Jayhawks. <laughs> Nick gets thrown off track if you if you say anything to him. Uh, they're playing a team by the name of the Indiana State Sycamores. If you know anything about Les Miles, you know he eats vegetation. <laughs> so um, if your mascot's a tree, good luck. Kansas is favored by four points. I think Les Miles make a big statement in his return to head coaching in college football. Kansas wins this game by 17 points. 
Okay. Maybe even more. What about seven D? Just run them out the run them out the building. Um, I could see fifty at 50. most. <laughs> yeah, seventy. That's a pretty bold. Uh, I mean, so dude, you, Indiana State Sycamores. Well, it, are they Division One or I've or what? Because I've never heard of them. They might. Who? I mean, four and a half points. I mean, come on. Four points, four and a half points, whatever you're getting. I like Kansas in this game. Les Miles has got those guys motivated to do something special this season. Isn't Stanford, aren't they, isn't their mascot a tree? Who, Stanford State? Stanford State? Yeah. Just Stanford. Oh. I, I just call them the McCaffreys. I mean, how many teams in the country have a tree as their mascot? That's not very intimidating. Yeah, you know Jayhawks. They're birds. <laughs> they do sit in trees. So <laughs> you remember that old guy for uh, was it Alabama who poisoned those trees at Auburn? You don't remember that? Yeah, Alabama fans have done some suspect things. Like they used to, they would go roll the trees with toilet paper in Auburn, and the guy went and poisoned. <laughs> yeah, he got in big, big trouble, dude. He was screaming out "Roll damn tide" as he as, as when they were talking to him. I'm pretty yeah, he got in a lot of trouble. Oh yeah, that's a big, big deal. And then that Alabama fan, he put the nuts on uh, the LSU fan at uh, Crystalburg on Bourbon Street <laughs> after they beat him in I the never national heard champ- about that. Yeah, he got sentenced. Oh, jeez. Well, bunch of because you can't do that. That's sexual harassment. Yeah, no, I don't think you're allowed to do that one. Um, all right. So you like Kansas there minus four? Yeah, Kansas favored by four. Okay, and you got another one for him. Um, going with another LSU coach, Frank Wilson, the former running back coach and recruiting coordinator at LSU. He's now the head coach of University of San Antonio, uh, Texas San Antonio. Oh, Marcus da- uh, Marcus Davenport's Yeah, alma mater? the Roadrunners. The Roadrunners, that's um, right. Yeah, I like Frank Wilson. He's put together a couple uh, good consecutive recruiting classes. They're playing Incarnate Word. Huh. Another team that um, why do they come up with these? Well, believe it or not, in Incarnate Word, um, I think they beat Southeastern Louisiana last year. Solid school, hell of a school. Robert Alford represent. Yeah, and um, I had a friend. He went there <laughs> after he got his girlfriend pregnant. Shout out to Chase Sims. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna keep it moving. Um, anyway. Go Roadrunners, go UTSA, go Frank Wilson, and go get that money, That's baby. all you got? That's yeah. why you're taking them is just because of Frank Wilson? Yeah, I like Frank Wilson. Minus five? Minus five and a half. I mean, come on, Frank. I need you here. <laughs> okay, Frank's going to pull through for you. Um, All right, guys, so let's recap. We are both on UCLA. Um, I'm taking them on the money line. They're three-point underdogs. Nick's taking them with the points. I like Tulane. Minus two, Utah minus five and a half, Boise State plus five and a half to go in and upset Florida State. Well, if they win, it's an upset. I don't need them to upset. Lose by a field goal at least, or at most, and that's uh, I'm good with that. And then Oregon plus three, taking them on the money line. Who you got, Nick? Recap your picks. I got UCLA. That's the University of California, Los Angeles plus three. South Carolina minus seven and a half. Pittsburgh, plus two and a half. Auburn, minus three. I got Kansas in the Mad Hatter, minus four. And I got Frank Wilson in the UTSA Roadrunners, minus five. All right, there you go. 
All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for our uh, episode number four of Big Easy Bets. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter at Big Easy Bets. The episode will be live on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. We'll be back next week to recap these picks and give y'all some more. Bye. Y'all have a good one. We just gotta do what we do. We play like we play. We be us. We be special. We smell greatness. We finish strong. Yes, from the top. One, two, three, four, five.